Hello, happy hour friends, happy Sunday as usual. Today is kind of a special day for me because it's actually my birthday. Ah! <laughs> Can you tell that I like don't really celebrate birthdays? Maybe just like an Asian thing. Okay, so I'm officially 22. Wow. And I, I, I'm not just putting this announcement here for no reason, just so that you can all wish me happy birthday. But that's not the reason. I do have a small birthday wish, and I hope you can make it a reality. I would love it if you could leave Happy Hour a review on Apple Podcasts. Requires no money at all, and it takes less than three minutes, but it would make me very, very happy knowing that you are helping me promote this show. And if you've been listening to this show for over a month, I'm so grateful for your listenership, for your support, and for your kind words. So some big girl updates. I am currently working a contract position with the NAACP, a part-time creative development assistant position, and two freelance editing gigs at the moment, and I will be attending my college graduation during the first week of August. So a lot of change is happening, a lot of juggling around tasks, but one thing I hope stays constant is this podcast. I really love working on Happy Hour, and it's become like my child, so it would mean the world if you could leave Happy Hour Review and follow us on Instagram at Happy Hour Pod. So that's H-A-A-P-I-H-O-U-R-P-O-D. Thank you so much for believing in this show's potential, and I am so excited for you to see where this show goes. All right, let's start the episode. Welcome to Happy Hour, a podcast where I interview and highlight AAPI creatives. I'm Melissa Cho, and in this episode of Happy Hour, I talk to Peggy Kong, chef, drinks connoisseur, and small business owner, one of which was born from the pandemic. My friends raved about me, and it started growing, where I had to start an Etsy shop just to keep up with demand. As an ambitious creative with an entrepreneurial spirit, Peggy starts her days at 5 a.m., devoting her time to taking care of her two young kids, juggling tasks between her two businesses, and taking online classes at night till around 1 in the morning. Before you hear my full chat with Peggy, I invite you to grab a drink of your choice and let's spend happy hour together. My guest today is Peggy Kong, the superwoman owner of two small businesses, Polaris Cafe and Oakland Tea Company, a business that makes organic tea leaf blends and curated boba kits. I first came across Peggy's Oakland Tea business on Instagram about a month ago. I was instantly impressed by all the fabulous multicolored drink combinations featured on the account, such as butterfly pea tea with lemonade, blue sky jasmine tea, strawberry yogurt soju, ojicha with ube coconut cream, and so many more. So I initially planned this episode to center around Peggy's experience as a creative drinks connoisseur. However, as I got to know her more, I learned that Oakland Tea was actually not her only business. In fact, it wasn't even her first. Prior to opening Oakland Tea, she had been running Polaris Cafe for a couple of years. And before Polaris, she worked in property management, which if she were still in that role, I don't know if she would be on the show. Now you're wondering how the heck she went from a corporate office to a coffee shop. Well, it's because a couple of years ago, she decided to fulfill her father's lifelong dream of owning a successful business. 
In 2016, Peggy received a phone call that her dad fell from a roof and was being rushed to the hospital. She scrambled back home and saw him paralyzed and unconscious. And it dawned on her that her father was never able to make his dreams a reality. As a Chinese immigrant, he had worked in the restaurant industry and owned two Chinese restaurants, which both unfortunately did not survive. So Peggy left the property management world and started Polaris that same year as a quaint coffee shop with baked goods. Then it grew to breakfast, lunch, and catering, and it became really successful. End of story? No. Cue the pandemic, and Peggy was forced to temporarily close shop and let go of her staff. Well, I won't include all the details in this intro, so I'll let you listen to our full chat to learn more about how Oakland Tea came into the picture. I've been listening to your podcast um, ever since you've messaged me. <laughs> I just wanted to figure you out. And I've, I'm a big fan of podcasts because that's how I learn. I, I retain things really well through sound. And you're really good. Like I, I, listen to, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and I'm surprised by how young you are because your, your show is actually really, really well done. Thank you so much. Wow. It, everyone has basically created a podcast during the pandemic. And my concept is really simple. Just a sit down yep. interview with creative people. But I'm glad you liked it. I, I'm really excited where this podcast goes. I'm just so honored that you're part of the show. So I remember I saw your Instagram. Like uh, Sometimes, you know, we all hate the Instagram algorithm and sucks us in and everything. But this was where the Instagram algorithm kind of like worked in our favor because I, I saw your account in my explore page and then I was like wow her account is super aesthetic and she has all of these amazing drink flavors there was like butterfly pea tea with lemonade I like scrolled through a lot of your videos because they all looked so beautiful and you had like jasmine rose ojicha with like ube coconut cream and so there's all these amazing flavors and I was like I did some reading about you and then I was like oh I really want her to my show so I'm really glad that the algorithm was what brought us together. And um, I, I saw on your stories today that you got a new office space. So congratulations. I'm, I'm growing up. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen my old, my old posts to now. It completely graduated like every month. And that's what I'm so proud of. And so it, for you to find me through Instagram, it's, um, it's really special and near dear to my heart because that's what drew you in. I was mm. so bad at it. And now I've grown into something that's more aesthetic and I just learned so much. Yeah. I want to talk about the success that your business Oakland Tea has experienced. The success was not a traditional linear experience. Like most people, they start a business from scratch and then they work their way up and then they have a successful business, hopefully. And uh, for you, it's really interesting because this business was born for the pandemic. You had a business before this. You're actually doing multiple businesses at the same time. So I want to hear from you personally on how, just tell us the story of how this business began. So Oakland Seco began when I was at a really dark place. Um, my cafe has been open for five years and it was static. We were forced to close for a few months and I was at home with my two toddler kids just trying to live day by day. And I was just getting really, really sad and depressed and down a rabbit hole. And so the only thing I knew how to do at that point was to help people. I'm an ENTJ. So I am a mother kind. So I thrive 
when I'm helping others. And so I just started sending my friends boba kids and having Zoom parties and trying to just cheer them up, in turn cheering me up. And the word spread. My friends raved about me and it started growing where I had to start an Etsy shop just to keep up with demand and to figure out addresses and make sure that everybody's getting their orders. And I decided to go all in because I really wasn't sure if Polaris Cafe was going to survive. And that's why I named it Oakland Tico, just like a little homage to where I grew up. I was born here and I'm just so proud of my city. Despite recent events, <laughs> like it's been it's been crazy in Oakland um, during the pandemic with the, just the marches, the shootings and just it's it's been crazy. Um, but I just love Oakland so much and I wanted to pay homage. So Oakland Tico became what it is now because of the pandemic. And I'm so grateful for that. I think it's truly this your story is. I guess a life lesson, um, sometimes when you give more, you receive more. And sometimes that sounds really contradictory to a lot of people. It's like, if I give more, it's like I lose more. But in in many ways, the universe is very special where, you know, in your case, you're, even though you your cafe was closed temporarily, you still decided to, after a lot of reflection and, you know, being in a dark place, you decided to fundraise, to feed nurses, grocery store workers, firefighters, first responders, Essential workers. I don't like that word, essential workers, but you know the term essential yeah. workers, and um, yeah, and that's when you started. Yeah, frontline workers, and and so you started sending boba kits to friends, which is a very very clever way of maintaining connections. I think in the pandemic, we're starting to think of more innovative, clever ways of trying to still connect with people. And so, how did you come up with the idea of sending boba kits, and what was the process like of making boba from scratch? Well, I'm I'm a chef and I have the teas and the inventory at the cafe that realistically I didn't know really what to do with just sitting on it. And so I wanted to send my friends like what I have and what we can do together. And obviously we're, we're Asians, so we love boba and they miss it. A lot of the, the boba places were closed or you don't know and you just don't feel comfortable going out at that point, right? It's not like in Taiwan where you're at, where everything was open at that point. But for for the people in the States, like everything was shut down. Everything was closed. So the only way that for you to actually enjoy a cup of boba with your friends is to make it yourself. And and I think it's a really great way to connect. And it did. Like we we were able to laugh and have fun together. Like nothing happened. But it's just virtual. And so I'm trying to bring that more into companies now. I actually got um, corporate gifting for two different companies and we're going to start doing um, Zoom parties with them because not everybody is still back at work. A lot of people are heading back into the office, but not everybody feels comfortable too, which is fair. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of businesses, there's a there's like a macaron business that uses your products to make its own yep. brown sugar milk tea macarons. It's yes. that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I like speaking of your business because like way back before you opened Polaris Cafe, before you opened Oakland Tea, you also worked in corporate property management before you quit that job. And then you said that you decided to fulfill your father's lifelong passion oh, of starting yes. a business. I, I think in a way it's like you were from the environment that you were placed in, you were sort of 
put into a situation to start a food business? Or do you think this was something you were always passionate about? So to go to my origin story of Hilarious Cafe, like my, I started that cafe or started cooking um, because of my dad. He's been a chef for all his life since he's been in the Americas. Once you go to the States, you, you're either a construction worker as a Chinese immigrant or you're a chef, right? Or you work in the restaurant industry. And so he decided to go in the restaurant industry um, where he opened two Chinese restaurants that failed. And not because he wasn't a great chef. It's because he just didn't know. He didn't know the American culture. Like he didn't know what orange chicken was. That's a, that's a memory that stuck with me because everybody's asking for orange chicken. But we've never been to Panda Express because we've never ate at American Chinese restaurants before um, when we were younger. So I started Hilarious Cafe because my dad was in an accident. He fell from a roof, left paraplegic, and his biggest dream ever since we were younger was to start a business with me. Just because he's always known that I was an entrepreneur um, ever since I was a kid, I I found any way to make some money to buy toys or to buy Hello Kitty and pens and stickers. And he knew that I was going to be great at business. And he felt like I was not fulfilling my destiny. And he was actually willing to give me money to start a business. But growing up, I watched him work 364 days a year, 12 to 14 hour days at the restaurant. And it's back breaking work. And it's always so painful for me to see and know that he's worked so hard. And that's not that's not a lifestyle that I want. That's not something I want for my kids. And so I always denied him until he got into the accident where he didn't have any mobility. He was at a really dark place. And I know the only way to really bring him out is to... Give him a reason to live with what he has. And what he has is his mental capabilities, is his knowledge of the restaurant business, is to be able to help me grow. And it did. Like, it brought him out. And he is recuperating at a rapid pace at that time. And he was able to start eating again and drinking water and that sounds crazy to some people, but that was really hard for him to do. It took him two years to learn how to drink water and to be able to eat again. And so that's why Polaris Cafe was so important to me and for me to continue go going. And it really, really started thriving before the pandemic. And that's why I started. And that's how he helped me open a restaurant. And I found my passion I think it's almost like an arranged marriage. Like you didn't know you wanted to get into like a lot of the arranged marriages actually works out because it's a situation that you're put in. And I fell in love. Um, I've always cooked as a kid. I took care of my sister since I was 10. Cooking, cleaning, just making sure that she's safe because my parents were at work all day. So I, I knew how to cook. And I had a passion for it and it just grew. Now I'm, I, I learned so many different cultures and different food and it just brings people together. And that's something that I live for. And so serving 
people at the restaurant serving people food that they love and that they've never tried before is um, something that makes me want to keep learning and growing as a chef. Mm. So you started off with the foundation of cooking. Well, when did the creativity for creating drinks, when did that happen for you? It's easy. <laughs> it was easy for me. It came naturally to me because I, I'm a chef and I think about flavors all the time and nuances and tasting something in my head, I can put them together and know what will work because I'm older too. I think I'm your oldest interviewer. Yet, yet. You know, I, right? <laughs> the, the I limit does so. not exist. Yes. But so far now, so, you're the most so, mature. You're the most mature. I, thank you. Thank you. I, I'll take that. Um, yeah, Peggy so, had to put her two kids to sleep. You know, she's got a very yeah. busy day. Um, so I, I'm, I am mature. So all my, all my tastes throughout all my years have given me that foundation that I needed. And so, um, I know what I, I know that everything is about balance. So if it's a little sour, you want to add a little sugar. If it's, if it's a little bitter, you can actually, or sour, you can actually add a little salt to even that out for coffee. And being a cafe owner really helps because I've been playing around with drinks for the five years before I even opened Oakland Seagull. So if you look at Polaris Cafe, I have actually played with so many different drinks. And I can tell you that it didn't work in the beginning. <laughs> I was really bad at it in the beginning. But as you grow as a person, as you grow with more knowledge, it becomes second nature. And so right now, as I'm filming, um, I tell my staff, what tea should I use today to film? Then I just build a combination and film and edit and post it the same day. Personally, I would never think of strawberry yogurt soju. Like that, that just never would come into my head. But that's one of the drinks that you made and posted on your Instagram. It, do you have other people taste test your sort of, I guess, beta products before officially releasing them online? Mm -hmm. My um, Usually I film at the cafe because if I'm at home, my kids will not let me film without interruption. So my staff are the ones that taste it. And a lot of my drink inspirations actually come from childhood, like the soju and, and um, I had yogurt for my, for my kids and it's just so nostalgic for me. And I was like, what can I do with this? So I made something with it. A lot of my drinks you'll see like the cereal milk, Fruity Pebbles is my favorite cereal. So I made cereal milk with Earl Grey and that actually was one of my favorite drinks. And my, uh, my staff are the ones that taste it and they would give me the okay before I post it. If I don't, then I just delete the video. I still record it, but if it doesn't work out for me, then I just delete the video. And so your work schedule is also crazy, maintaining two businesses, wearing multiple hats, your, you know, your chef hat, you're also a drinks connoisseur, and you say that you're a manager, graphic designer, a website developer, and then you're also a mother of two <laughs> kids, mother of two very young kids. So what is your work schedule like on a day-to-day -day basis? I... I wake up really early. Um, I get the kids ready, bring them to their grandparents. So they have somebody to look after them while I'm at work, when I'm worry-free. Um, I start the day at the cafe as a chef. Oh, let's say baker. I bake in the morning <laughs> once I get there. And I, I chef it up until I have any free time. Then I start fulfillment. And I, after I do fulfillment and going back, 
uh, back and forth with cooking. I end my day and make sure that I drop it off at USPS, UPS. Then that's when I go home, play with the kids for two hours. And at night after they go to sleep is when I take all my classes. So I'm taking classes for photography. Um, I'm taking classes for videography and editing. I'm also taking classes for e-commerce, website development, and those are all things that I am trying to pick up and learn. I'm not going to be great at it, but I have a lot of interest and I want to learn and be good at it at one point. So what platform are you using to, to learn all these new skills? Skillshare is really great. Yay! <laughs> Skillshare was great for my website um, and, it, and, and some photography. I also watches uh, Masterclass. Have you? Have I you have Masterclass. Class? I have a free year membership, actually. Yay! So there That's- was a period, I think, last year where Masterclass was for one day only. They were giving out $1 memberships for students. And so everyone hopped on the opportunity. And I was like, of course, I'm going to get it too. But then when I signed up, I wasn't able to get the $1 subscription because apparently I was in Taiwan. And so the IP address doesn't match with the US. And so I emailed customers. I was like, I'm a student. Like, here's my student ID. Here's my student email just to prove to you I'm a student at at a US university. And they're like, oh, unfortunately, because, you know, your IP address is not in the States. But, you know, we'll give you a complimentary year-long membership. Aww. So I didn't have to pay a dollar. I saved a dollar. <laughs> but yeah, Masterclass, the, the production value is just incredible. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. what classes are you taking on there? Um, I'm taking a lot of, I, I've, I've taken a lot of classes. At one point, I was really interested in poker. I was playing poker with my boys <laughs> on, on, online. Um, I also took uh, negotiations. I took a lot of chef classes, so I think I finished every single one. I'm also part of a mastermind. So it's a group of female business women, uh, like small business, and we meet every week to talk about what we're doing with our business, how we're growing, what we're learning. And it's just an opportunity for me to talk shop with fellow female business owners that understands what I'm doing and learning from each other on how to do it because I believe that we should grow together and we shouldn't really leave anybody behind and being in that group setting really helps for me. Accountability helps because if I don't have accountability, I know that I, I'm a business, I'm a business owner of two businesses, but I still need accountability and still need help. Mm, Yeah. Not a lot of people run two businesses at the same time. And speaking of expanding, well, how do you plan on expanding Oakland tea because right now you're like I said you're doing a lot of things at once um do you plan on hiring more staff in the coming years because you have an office space now and so what's your I guess your uh plan for the next few years for the next quarter I don't know (laughs) the visitor (laughs) so what's really nice about Oakland Tea Co is that I'm able to bring back a hundred percent of my of my amazing staff from Polaris Cafe they were my biggest worry, uh, worries because if we're closed, they were out of a job and I didn't have enough jo- enough work to give them to put them in without them feeling guilty. So Oakland Sea Cats allowed me to bring 100% of my female or LGBT staff back and that gave me so much pride. And I am planning to expand and I want to see who's interested within my staff members into growing with me. I don't, and even a partnership, because I 
just can't do this all by myself. Now I can because we're we're still really small, but as we grow, I'll need somebody to help me with social media, with planning, with scheduling. And at this point, I don't plan on growing Oakland Tico to be something really big because I just do it for my customers right now, my customer base. I'm really, really tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. My day starts sometimes at 5 a.m. and ends at 1 a.m. Just because of running two businesses and doing numbers, just things that I hate in the back end. And I thought to myself, why am I continuing? But I have a goal. I have a goal. I want to, I want my staff members to be able to grow with me, learn from the bottom up and see what they can do with their life because it's, um, it's boring up here and I need somebody to help me grow. Yeah, because I was, I'm also just really interested in, because your business is super successful right now and to the, to the point where you're getting like four hours of sleep per day. And I, I can't imagine what it was like back then when you had to let your staff go at Polaris as someone who is, you know, more mature and, you know, older than I am. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think for me, because I'm like, yes, I'm an adult, but I'm 21. Um, actually, You're a baby. Yeah, I am a baby. Like by the, t- actually, by the time this podcast comes out, it will, it will be my 22nd. <laughs> so Yay, yeah, I, it, it's coming out. This podcast is coming out. This episode is coming out on 7-Eleven. So the Sunday and my birthday is 7-Eleven. <laughs> it's really oh, fun because... Okay. Like I'm in, ta- I'm from Taipei. Birthday. Oh, thank you. And I'm from Taipei. And it's like 7-Eleven is one of my favorite things. <laughs> my favorite yeah. convenience stores. And so, yeah, like not I'm not, no, not in the States. It's so crusty. It's so yeah. crusty. But I, like, yes, the pandemic has given me obstacles in terms of having to adapt to remote academic and work environment and flip times. Them, but which is challenging. And I should give credit for myself for that. But I'm obviously you not should. at a point where, you know, I'm no longer under total financial comfort of my parents you know I I don't have kids yet Mm -hmm. uh I don't have a business that was disrupted by the pandemic and so although I'm unable to fully understand what that stress was like for you so I I mean I would still love to know what that period of time like was for you of like feeling lost because of the pandemic's effect on your business and I think it's just a good reminder for a lot of my younger listeners because I think a lot of us freaked out when the pandemic happened. We're like, oh my gosh, like our life is jeopardized. Ah! But you know, you, and not to scare people, but more challenging obstacles will probably come in the future. And in, in your case, it was, you know, having to close your business, your cafe temporarily. I mean, what was that? Like, what were you feeling during that time? I mean, don't sell your feelings short. You guys lost a year. People miss graduations, people miss proms. I felt so bad for people that are younger that is still trying to date. <laughs> or there's like it, it's it, it was really hard for everybody and not just me, but the only way that I knew how to dealt was to help people. So like I did fundraising for firefighters, I did fundraising um for frontline workers, for nurses. Um our cafe was really close to um, a few hospitals, and we wanted to make sure that they're taken care of. So whenever they come for a drink, it's it's free. And that's the only way for me to make myself feel better. And 
like nursing facilities that couldn't have any family visit because I know that firsthand. My dad is in a nursing facility and I couldn't visit him for almost for the whole pandemic. I just recently saw him last month for the first time. So I was in a really dark place, but for me, helping others definitely took me out of it. And I think like you were saying how people think that giving takes away from you, but actually giving makes you feel so good. Mm -hmm, Like giving mm -hmm. and helping others, just knowing that you make a difference feels so good. And I feel selfish for feeling this and helping others because the, the, the gratitude that I feel being able to help, like money can't buy, like I can't buy that kind of happiness. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. It many, many times people will throw you a question like, do you like giving presents or receiving presents and me in the past I was like like no I, I love receiving presents like of course but actually my answer has changed my answer has really changed and I'm not trying to toot my own horns like guys like I love giving more than receiving but I completely understand the feeling you personally feel when you do give and I think I changed my answer because I have this really great friend who's my big in my in the fraternity that I that I was in at college and she is one of the most generous people I've ever known. So Francesca, I, this is, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Francesca, Francesca Fangieri. Hello. And so she is one of the reasons why I think I changed my answer because I love buying presents for other people more than I like buying presents for myself now because you get to like curate gifts for them and then you get to like surprise them at a time where they don't expect it. And I think that is a feeling when you when you sort of receive the response that they get it is just absolutely gratifying yeah i think the giving more and you give more and receive more is <laughs> the theme for today's episode <laughs> wait a sidetrack i'm really interested what your drink is right now tell tell the viewers i, I am <laughs> drinking a really fancy whiskey that belongs to my sister because i don't have whiskey in my house oh. I, this is a whiskey that i found that is probably really expensive because she's single and childless and she has a lot of disposable income um but otherwise <laughs> otherwise if i'm not on the podcast i'll be drinking um my favorite combination right now is sobacha it's like a roasted buckwheat so it's super good for you super healthy it calms you down and i drink it with winter melon syrup and if you know winter melon syrup it's very very mellow and sweet but it's very comforting so both of those combined is just heavenly before you go to sleep so that's Mm. what i normally drink when i'm not I you know. love winter melon. I yay because well, I grew up in Taipei uh, for yeah. a very long time, and so I've had my fair share of boba drinks growing up. But I feel like I've had a, a, a bit too much. So right now, it's like I don't crave boba. For me, I'm personally good because I I think I've had too I had too much of it growing up. But now, if I were to have a more like tradition, still a traditional sort of like Taiwanese drink, I do love. Mm-hmm like cold winter melon with grass jelly. I think that's one of my favorite combinations. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And Is it's so hot right hour now. Drink? Oh, I think that mm, maybe that's one of my happy hour drinks. But then one of the happy hour drinks that I brought up 
to my previous guest, Kendra, who is the dancer, I said that mm-hmm. mine is um, honey vinegar with sparkling water and <laughs> on the rocks, <laughs> just iced. I love uh, the taste of vinegar. So, well, honey vinegar and plum vinegar. So I think um, that's <laughs> my happy hour drink. Honey vinegar. I don't think I've ever had that. I'm surprised. As I was listening to your episodes, I was thinking that I'm going to make every single one of those drinks, um, especially your friends, the one with the lavender and the white wine, like a spritzer. What was his name? He's a photographer. Steven. Steven Lee. Steven. Yes. I was thinking, (laughs) wait, every drink that everybody wants, I can totally make. So I'm going to shoot a video every time that I hear a drink, and then I'm going to send it over to you. Oh, yes. I'm going to tag you. Oh, my gosh. Please, so... Okay, um, so Steven, okay, he's gonna be so excited now that we're bringing your name up because he also listens to this. Or Steven, I hope you're listening to this episode. I hope you're supporting you me. You better. You better. <laughs> your name is actually in this episode. So Steven and my other best friend from college, we're going to be moving to LA together. So they're gonna be my future roommates. And <gasps> both of them just love trying out drinks. So one of them, so Steven, the one that you've heard from the podcast, he's a very like fruity, alcoholic beverage type of person. And so I think he's going to be super excited because when I go back to, when I go back to say it's like, I definitely want to buy your kits. And I think it'd be really fun if the three of us did our own drinks together. And then for my other friend, Anna, she's, I got her into mushroom coffee. And so since then she has like the Four Sigmatic mushroom subscription. As I got her like some mushroom coffee for her birthday uh, because she gets jittery when she drinks actual coffee. So she loves shroom coffee, just drinks with adaptogens in it. So yeah, the three of us, we have very different drink personalities Um, and it'd be really cool to like test out our drinks with like your products. That'd be super cool. We'll let you know. I was waiting for you to come back so I could send you a kit. I can send you a kit. I'll give you my address. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. yes. Let me know. Let me know when you get back and I'll send you. I already have a kit built in my head for you from from what you were saying and from your episodes. And now that I know you're going to be living with Steven, I'll make sure to add some lychee syrup for him because Ooh. I think he's going to love that and some watermelon for you. And one reason why I wanted to keep going and love this business so much is because every time I send a package out, like I send, I put in good vibes. Like I put in extra goodies. I have good intentions when I send it out. I want them to open it and feel special. So I always put extra samples. I make sure that like right out of the box, I can make the drinks. And it just makes me happy to know that when they receive them, they're so excited. So I, I, I curate boxes for them if they DM me. And knowing that I'm giving something out and receiving it really well is like giving a present to somebody every single day as I'm packaging, as I'm fulfilling, because it makes other people happy. Sure, I'm getting some money for it, but like it just, it fulfills me so much more knowing that it's a good product going out and being enjoyed. Um, And 50% of my customers have been returning so far and I haven't been open for a year. So I, I'm just so excited for the fam that I built in Oakland Tico. And I, I think one way for me to continue is to figure out what is needed from them. And like, if they're having dark times, I send them, I send them a package without them asking. Like I follow a lot of my followers and people that um, give me a lot of love and show me a lot of love. 
And if I see that they're having a bad day, I would DM them and see if there's any way for me to cheer them up. Sometimes I send them free products and make sure that they know that they're being thought of. Because a lot of people feel lonely um, and they don't have somebody to talk to. And I don't have that mental space to talk to them, but I do have space to send them something to cheer them up and know that we're thinking of them. I completely will vouch that you send really great packages. And, and you know, I've never, like, re- I haven't, you know... You're in Taiwan, gotten- you can't receive it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. I can't receive a package yet. So literally, okay, so I'm going off the rails again. But then th- the second day that this podcast launched... Uh, someone reached out to me who went to the same school as I did. Uh, we both are in the same year. And I personally don't know him. I know of him from school because he like has his own production company and his own like creative agency. His name is Dylan. And Dylan, like you're going to be on the podcast soon. So, But he reached out to me on Instagram. He's like, congrats on the, lo- the launch of the podcast. I'd like to send you one of my clients is a vodka business. And I'd love to send you a complimentary bottle. And I was like, for happy hour, that's great. Yeah. And then, but I told him, I was like, but surprise, I'm in Taiwan. He's like, oh yeah, like, I don't know if we can send it there. But when you're back in orange, please let me know. And so, yes, I, <laughs> no one can send me anything to Taiwan, but for your packages from what i've seen on instagram on the stores it's like there's so much love and care that's put into them like it's not just an amazon package comes to your door and you open up a box and it's like a tea kit it's like no you have you have like little confetti stuff in there and you have tea kits and you have sailor moon stickers and you know we have a nice little note i it's it's like a fab fit fun box but for boba (laughs) and tea Yes, it's less produced and fat fit fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't have the finances for that. And I think that it's to keep it as simple and as clean as possible is a good aesthetic to have. And you're doing, um, you're using less produced products and it's easier to recycle, it's easier to clean. And so that's what I, I try to do too. I have stainless steel straws to make sure that it's reusable. Um, all my packaging can be recycled or compostable. So that's something that I'm looking for as well. And I, if somebody DM me or leave a note that is for something special or if they want to try something, then I try to make it happen as much as I can. Because it's a present. For me, it's a present for somebody to open. It doesn't matter if you're buying it for yourself, but it's still a present that you bought yourself. So it's special. Every package that you receive should have some love, should have something special that would make you like, just make sure you remember that moment that you opened it and be like, wow, somebody put some thought into this because Amazon packages is so robotic. It is. And it's organized by robots too in their warehouses. Yeah, exactly. Any new flavors or new products that you're thinking of that you're concocting in your head that you can spoil? (laughs) I have so many. You have no idea. So I'm building an aesthetics box and it's made for people like you that wanted to celebrate drinks with friends and build something pretty together. So I have all my prettiest drinks, like my Thai green tea that's like robust and green color, the butterfly pea tea that's blue in color. Um, and I'm throwing in some exclusive syrups in there. So I'm building boxes to last, like to create memories is where I'm moving forward. So I'm planning to have boba party kits 
So if you're celebrating with family and friends and you can't always drink all day because you're not 21 <laughs> and you're young, um, like boba parties is, is really fun because you can actually just brew the teas, cook the boba or have the toppings and you just build it yourself. And that's like one of the memories that I want to create for families like having a boba party and just teaching them how to do that easily without stressing. By the time that this airs, I should have that live in stores. Ooh, I'm website. so excited. I, I had a pitch for you. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Do I need to give you royalties for it? <laughs> uh, no, this is completely, you could t completely shoot this idea down. But maybe this is just because... CBD is legal in California. Mm -hmm. Would you be open to having CBD in your drinks? Because I've had like CBD lavender tea before, CBD like passion fruit tea before. I don't one know. One reason, <laughs> uh, one way for me to to cope with the pandemic was to take in a lot of CBD and THC. <laughs> so I've considered that before. Um, I just am not well versed in it, and I don't feel comfortable selling something that I'm not a hundred percent confident about. I am playing with recipes. But it's not going to go to the masses because I think you need special licensing in California. And taxes oh, are okay. crazy. Like, it's 40%. Have you have you tried buying CBD here? No. It's like 40%. No. Oh, my it's, gosh. So the city, the, the, the county takes a cut. The state takes a cut. And so out the door, you're paying 40% in taxes. That's more than what billionaires are paying. Or... Just even the average high income earner is paying. It's crazy. So let's just put a pin in that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not now. I Maybe not it, now. <laughs> I thought about I, I thought about doing it in well CBD. I don't know if CBD is a different classification, but THC is definitely forty percent. But um, like I buy CBD oil from Sephora, but I don't know if they take the cut. Um, mm. I I might implement that into my cafe. I remember I had CBD for the first time. I think I was a junior in college and I went to my my little's apartment, her dorm apartment. Um, I was meeting up with her to go to our fraternity meeting, which was every Monday night at 10 p.m. And I was the secretary of that year. So every and so during our meetings, you know, it's like we're a fraternity, but then we're both we're all adult babies. And so meetings can get really rowdy. And then me as a secretary, I have, be, I have to be like, OK, guys, it's like it's time to like simmer down, you know, listen to or listen to our president. Many times I usually get just uh, <laughs> a little like antsy because I'm like, oh, God, it's, it's Monday night meeting again with like 40 to 50 other people. And I have to, you know, calm the masses. Um, but then when I went to my little apartment, she was like, hey, you want some tea before you go? to meeting i was like sure sure sure. and so she gave me cbd green tea i had no idea what it was to be honest i had no idea but i drank it i was like oh it's really nice green tea during meeting when people were rowdy i was like everyone it's all right everyone calm down <laughs> i was so <laughs> calm i was like wait where did this come from <laughs> interesting did it work yeah. you telling them to calm down did it work it it, 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 it worked for me manner? personally it worked for me personally okay. i just felt like i wasn't as affected by my yes. surroundings i'm just like oh yes. this is really interesting if, if you're when you're back in the states uh look at it's bottled 
It's CBD. It is a CBD tea. It's really, really good. It's called Vibes, like V-Y-B-E-Z, I think. Vibes. I used to sell it at a cafe, so that's how I know it. You should try it. I think you'll really, really like it. But it's so expensive. Ah, uh, I'm sure. You know, a um, I feel like there's a business you should totally collaborate with. You know, the the uh, the luxury picnic business, Picnic and Chill. It's also run by two Asian women. And I think they're based in the Bay. I think they're also based in the Bay. But they started their picnic setup from the pandemic. And it's grown oh. to this super lucrative business. And they were featured by CNBC. And it's run by these two young Asian women who had full-time jobs. But then they one of them quit her full-time job to pursue this picnic business. And then the other one, she still has her other job. But then... With the current trajectory their business is going at right now, she could leave her current job and then do picnic and chill full time as well. Yeah, you should, thanks for say, that. And they, I'm following them right now. <laughs> yeah, they 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 do really cute setups and they they do like donuts and drinks and I feel like if you do a collab, that'd be super cool. Ooh, I know it's it's a little it's it's a little scary um, doing collabs. I just did one for Polaris Cafe. It's a little scary because it's taking up so much of my time, <laughs> mm, yeah. and, and and time is time is limited, as as you can imagine, and that's why I wanted to I wanted to to have to train some of my staff to be able to take over some of my duties, but yes, I'm at a standstill right now just because of not enough staff, and mm. that's something that I need to look into to be able to grow. On the topic of like taking over your duties, do you think, and I know that this is still a very, this is a question that you don't need to have the answer to, but that do you see this Polaris Oakland tea as businesses you wish maybe your kids could inherit or what are your, what do you wish for them? <laughs> that is such a good question. I have no problem giving, I have no problem giving up on the businesses if mm -hmm. my if my kids do not want to take over because I shouldn't expect them to finish off what I started. I, I didn't build this as a family business. I built this for, for the community and I built this for, um, for my dad. And so as I'm getting older, I don't expect them to do the same thing. They're going to find what they love and they're going to do what they want to do. And if I have to sell it, if I have to give it away, like I'm going to give it away. To somebody that can better take care of it. How old are your two kids right now? I know one of them is three. And then how about the other one? One of them just turned three. The other one is turning two in July 17th. Oh, yay! Another <laughs> July baby. Wow. Well, how I'm also really interested in how your, how, how your father has been reacting to your business over the past year. I have to say that at the start of the pandemic... I, he was at a nursing facility. We had to bring him back because he was he just wasn't doing well at that point. But ever since I started Oakland Tico, so many good things have happened to him. Like I don't believe in in superstition or or just my dad has gotten so much better. He started being able to sit up on a wheelchair for hours at a time. He wasn't able to do that. He got an electrical wheelchair, so he was able to learn, and now he's mobile himself during the pandemic and for the longest time he stopped eating because he just wasn't able to anymore um he was either throwing up or just having very serious issues after eating and having to go to the hospital but now he's taking down food and eating jok and congee you know like porridge and 
he's laughing so much more. We're calling him every single day on um, like FaceTiming. And he is in such a better mood knowing that both businesses are thriving again. It's It makes me so happy to know that my success equals to his success. Yeah, that's so sweet. Who knew that? Um, I guess it's not just like physical ailments that brought him better, but just the change in the change in his, his environment in terms of your success was what also made him better, which is so cool, which is so cool. It's psychological, right? I think it's psychological. Yeah. Like he knows that the biggest loves of his life was his daughters, was his kids. And for him to know that we're doing okay, like we're happy, we're living our life the way that we want to now, and that we're growing as as able adults, I think that makes him feel at ease and he feel like he should catch up in a way. And with two grandkids especially, he has a drive to continue living. He has a drive to continue getting better, right? And that's just all psychological. It's He has a goal in mind and he wants to see his grandkids going to school and to be able to do so many things. And now that he's able to be mobile, I can actually take him out of the facility. And my son's um, second birthday, I'm planning to bring him out to my cafe. And he's going to be able to move on his own. Whereas before, before this year, we were pushing him everywhere. We were like, um, we were feeding him like with um, syringes, like with the G-tube um, through his stomach. And he just couldn't do anything himself. But now he is at a level where he's almost independent for certain aspects of his life. Like he can go where he wants without telling anybody. And that just that freedom of the, and that liberty just uplifts him so much. And um, and I think the success of my businesses and um, or that we're finally getting back on track and the grandkids really, really helped that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's so amazing to hear how your business it's very you said it's very community based and it's helped the community so much, but it's also helped your family a lot, too. Those are wonderful things that have sprung from your two businesses before before I wrap up our conversation. I always do rapid fire questions, as you know. <laughs> I'm so scared for this. Oh, my goodness. I, I think so slowly sometimes like <gasps> what? OK. Go ahead. I started off with 13 questions at the at the first episode, but then I was like, I'll, I'll do 10 questions. I'll do 10. All right. Um, number one, what's your go-to brunch order? Oh, that's embarrassing. Um, it's very, very basic. It's chicken and waffles. That's my go-to brunch order with some syrup on the chicken because it just has a texture, has a sweetness, and definitely has some spice because I'm going to add some hot sauce on it. Mm. Is there, a, this is not part of the 10 question, but is there a specific brunch place where you really love their chicken waffles? There's this place in Berkeley. I forgot the name because I haven't been there for so long. The Berkeley table? No. Lunch table? Okay, one of those tables. It's on university. <laughs> and it's uh, the biggest brunch place over there. And it has like a, um, it's, it's Thai based. And you can tell because... They're just so nice and, and lively and their food has like Thai flavors in it. Mm. Shall I look it up? Shall I look it up for the for the podcast? Let's see. Yeah, definitely, have been, definitely. Have you been to the Bay? 
Yes, I've been to the bay, or the first time I remember going was in fourth grade. And my, my dad lived in the bay for a really long time. He worked there and he also went to SF State. Oh. So he lived there for a while. <sighs> I, I do love the bay's weather, like in the summer. So I feel like yes. it'd be a really good place to go to over the summer. And um, yeah, I remember going there in fourth grade and then maybe another time, either sixth or eighth grade. But I haven't been back recently. And it's just one of those places where I would just love to go for the spring or for the summer. And I have a lot of friends there, too. So it'd be nice to go. I can imagine. And I found a place. It's called Ooh, Berkeley Social us. Club. Berkeley Social Club. It's so good. It's and it is a social club because every time I go there I'm I'm amongst friends and they have the like big farm tables. So you're sitting together with other groups of tables, like with other groups of friends, and it just feels like a community. The name is perfect, like social club. And that's why I love it. Mm. Like they have millionaires bacon. They have like so many Asian and like Asian inspired dishes. And that just makes me feel more comfortable instead of just having pancakes or um, or like just like diner food that you can get mm -hmm. from Denny's. It's so much more than that. Mm. Now, OK, I'm completely not doing these rapid fire questions because you've really inspired me to ask you to think of all these ideas. You're, you're talking about this, it, you know, the this Berkeley restaurant so a few days ago i interviewed my good high school friend who just graduated from usc and she now at the start of june started an exclusive dinner club called saloon 301 and she cooks everything herself and her first themed menu was called taste of taiwan and so <gasps> when i was asking her well what, wenny what other ideas do you wish to have for your business as if it continues to grow and we hope we, you continue your business and she says that she wants to like do collabs and she like her boyfriend is a mixologist and so they could do collabs <gasps> together and i was like i just thought of you like peggy what if we did what if you did a collab with her so i'm thinking of all these ideas but anyways <laughs> her business is called saloon 301 and then her newest menu just got released yesterday it's called midsummer night midsummer's night yeah it's there's like chantilly cake there's like a blackberry or a blueberry galette yeah she's quite the food connoisseur as well and it's such a cool concept such a cool concept it's it's a team of three for her it's her and then her sous chef and then her little brother <laughs> but i think it's gonna be super successful like within the first dinner she broke even with all the expenses that she had to pay for to start the business so yeah i think it's going somewhere it's gonna go somewhere where is where is she setting this business in like is she in her in? in her usc college apartment <laughs> so she is that's so amazing <laughs> yeah isn't that so cool like it's kind of like dingy but then it's very kind of like homey family run and then she's moving in so august to a new apartment yeah she's moving to her new apartment in august and so she's going to be doing it in apartments for the time being but i hope I hope it becomes like a speakeasy or something. That'd be really cool. I know that we're going to go off topic again, but that's actually a lot of what Polaris Cafe is doing. We're travel centric. Me, my my chef, my sous chef, we all love different cultures of food. And for me, for the last five years, we've been changing our menu every three weeks because our customer base is 90% office people and and they already know us and they come every day. And I just wanted to give them new flavors. So every three weeks we change a location. So we would actually learn about the culture, learn about the cuisine, learn about the spices. And we serve a plate of dish that people most likely haven't tried before. 
And that way we can learn different spices and different textures, just different like combinations that you never really think of. And the my customers can actually feel comfortable stepping into a restaurant that they will never step into otherwise because they know that that dish is something that they can actually order and taste. So that's actually very similar to the concept. Like, so right now we're doing Hawaiian. Um, we did a whole Hawaiian menu before during the pandemic, and we were actually able to reinvent ourselves during the pandemic, which surprisingly, a lot of people say that it was it, people were spiral, spiraling down during the pandemic, but I felt like I had so much growth, which was surprising mm-hmm. to myself and everybody around me that I'm able to do so much in a pandemic. Wow. Okay, I'm going to text Wani later and be like, okay, so I yeah. want to connect. I want you to connect. I'm, okay. This is what this podcast is for. Yes, yes, yes. To connect other APIs. And that's what I'm so excited about right now. I feel like we need it the most. All right. So we're on number two now. <laughs> number two. What's a personal goal you have for this year? My personal goal for this year is travel out of country. I, because of my father, I have not traveled out of country for the last 10 years. The last time was going to China to visit my family that passed away. And so it wasn't happy. And Mm -hmm. uh, even during my honeymoon, like the furthest I was able to go was Hawaii, which was amazing. But I really want to go to Taiwan. I really (laughs) want to go to Korea because thank you, K-drama. Thank you, BTS. Like I just... (laughs) I. Like, I just want to visit Korea so bad. So one of my goals this year is to travel out of country. Ooh, but I need to get my passport yeah. first because, you know, it's expired. You, wait, what, what part of China are you, are you from? Like, is your family uh, from? My family is from Guangzhou. Okay. Oh, I went like so, a so, long time ago. Yeah. But you speak Mandarin, right? Yes, I do. I lived in, well, I lived in Taipei and Shanghai, basically 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I lived in Shanghai from second grade to 11th grade. I, I still, I really miss that place though. I, It's just, it's such a large city. Like everyone talks about New York City and, I, and I've never mm-hmm. been to New York City, but Shanghai is three times the size of New York City. So it, you can imagine just how crazy, how crazy it is. But I really miss that environment. So, okay, number three. When you do have the chance to relax, what do you usually like to do? I love taking a nice long bath. That's exactly what I'm doing after this call. (laughs) I'm just like holding you from taking a bath. No, Um, no, no, no. This is fun. Perfect. Well, okay. Number four. What's one piece of advice you would give to your kids? Um, I would teach them one advice that I would give them. There's so many, right? Like, yeah. don't yeah, put your finger. With no kids. Don't put your finger in. Don't put your finger in the fire. I mean, that's like that's a really good advice right now. Like, don't bite each other. That's a really good advice. But for as a as an adult when they're growing up, I want them to treat everybody with respect and to to learn about everybody, learn about different cultures and different people's story, and to have diverse friends. I don't want them to just keep to the group. I grew up in a very, I grew up by Chinatown in Oakland. So all my friends are either Chinese or Vietnamese. And I felt like that put me in a little well, like I'm the little frog in the well that only can see what I see around me. But I don't have 
the culture. I don't have the understanding of other people's feelings. And I think that made me a very small person when I was younger. But as I grew up and I learned that there are different beliefs, there are different stories, there are reasons why people do things. And once I was able to understand that other people have feelings and other people are doing things their way because of how they grew up, I started to understand and I started to give more and open my heart up more. So for me, one thing that I would teach my kids is to make make different kind of friends. Don't close yourself off just because of your viewpoints of other people. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really sound advice. When when they're 15 years old, I hope they look back at this podcast. <laughs> Maybe, I'm saving this podcast. This is my first one. And it won't be your last. And it will not be your last. I, um, I, we'll see about that. Number five. So kind of still related to your kids, but also related to you as well. What's a movie or show you adore that you are making it mandatory for your kids to watch? Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. I watch that movie every year and um, ever since I was a kid. I don't know why, but it always just, it makes me so happy. It makes me get ready for Christmas. Yeah, I think they'll have to love it. I don't care. I don't care if they're too scared to watch that right now. They're going to watch it with me this year. Number six. What's the most ridiculous gift you've ever received from someone? Because you love giving gifts, but what's the just a ridiculous gift you received? It, it sounds weird now. But back then, the weirdest gift that I've gotten was toilet paper. I would have died for it in the pandemic. But back then, when I was playing White Elephant, uh, that's the gift that I came home with. (laughs) Some toilet paper. (laughs) Pre-pandemic, when I didn't need it. And I had plenty at home and the supermarkets. Wow. Well, what what were the other gifts that were during that White Elephant? Give us some context. (laughs) I think, well, mostly it was alcohol lottery uh a bathroom stool (laughs) uh a whole box like a little russian doll of chips so there's like a box within a box within a box and once you open the last box it was just a bag of chip (laughs) so my friends are are a little funny and i think that time we were really poor (laughs) and at that time we we were broke students And so that's what we could afford. Some toilet paper, some gift cards, some lottery tickets. We made it happen. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, number seven. What did you originally want to be when you grew up, when you were a kid? Surprisingly, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like growing up, I have a really close friend base. And I imagine myself being a millionaire and buying every house on a block so we can all play together all day. But a millionaire means nothing now. <laughs> so even if I even if I am able to accomplish that, I won't be able to buy a house in the Bay Area for a million dollars. Oh gosh, yeah. I know. The real estate in the Bay, it's crazy. I can't just yeah. young people who move there, I'm like, how is that even possible? <laughs> uh, Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin helped at one point. Mm, mm, yeah, that's I so you talked about you know, buying a bunch of property on your block and so last year, I, I read the book No Filter, which is a story about Instagram. And they talked about in the book about uh, because because eventually Facebook bought the the company. And mm-hmm. in the book, they talked about when the social network came out and Mark Zuckerberg became more famous, like people started to recognize what he looks like as the yeah. CEO of Facebook. 
he has a lot of like lots of money. He bought all the surrounding houses around his house so that he could be more secluded. Private? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he lives in Palo Alto. It is not cheap over there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. He has a ton of property around his property. <laughs> that's that's a good book to read, I think. Especially yeah. for me. But I listen to a lot of audiobooks now because I don't mm. have time to sit down. So throughout my whole day, I just listen to podcasts. Um, and that's how I learn. And I listen to audiobooks. And sometimes, sometimes I listen to music. Mm. Number, what number are we at? Oh, number eight. What's a really weird dream you've had? I was being chased by dinosaurs and my kids were trying to save me. But that's when I woke up. I don't know what happened. I was chased by dinosaurs. I think we were reading a dinosaur story that night. So that's the weirdest one that I remembered. I thought about this question. Mine is actually really gross. <gasps> and, and because it's so gross, it's because I, I remember it so well. Because for me, I never remember any of my dreams. Because they're just all yeah. like super insignificant, I guess. But this one really just like eh, disgusted me. And this is really interesting because you make boba kits. One time I dreamed about one of my high school best friend's mom. She went to maybe like a clinic because there was something wrong with her body. There was something wrong with Abby. Oh my gosh, my friend's mom, Abby. And so, and then, and then like the, I think the the doctor or something like checked her back and there were just like these huge black circular lumps just coming out of her back. And oh it just gosh. looked like large pieces of boba. And I just oh like, and I woke up. I was like, ew. Oh my God, that <laughs> so, is so gross. <laughs> and I have... <laughs> you make so boba good. daily. <laughs> it's, 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 oh my God, I'm not going to be able to cook tomorrow. I'm not going to be able to make boba tomorrow. Enjoy your bath later. <laughs> I know. Oh God, that is... and, and I can picture it vividly. I don't know how Abby looks, but I can imagine. I can imagine a lady with like just giant blackheads, I'm assuming, on the back. Mm. Oh. Yeah. And I, anyways. Do you know? <laughs> Do you know yeah. the phobia where people are like, um, they're scared of like seeing dots? Or yeah, dots? yeah, I think that's called tryptophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have oh. a minor. I have, I have a little bit of that, and I just, just imagining that it grosses me out so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Moving on. Next. Moving on. Moving on. Next, moving next, on. Next. We're almost done. Number nine. What's a small business you're obsessed with that you'd like to give a shout out to? A small business that I'm obsessed with. I actually just. I've been supporting a lot more local businesses and I want to say the restaurants in Chinatown, I won't name like one, but I like to support all of them because during the, like, especially at times like these where they don't even know if they're going to be able to make it like Chinatown rent, they're going to have to keep paying rent. It's not like the property manager is going to waive it. And so anytime that I have a craving for Chinese food, like fuck my diet, like I'm going to get Chinese food. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I can't name one, but I I think everybody should go to the local mom and pop restaurants and support them. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need them to support mine, but support others. Like, support ones that actually can't speak English, that are working their best and doing their best. And I, I just hope that you guys spend some money where you don't normally think about and and spend it where it's needed in Chinatown. Because it's gonna, it's die, it's, it's dying. Like Chinatown is dying, um, in Oakland, in San Francisco, and there's just been a resurgence lately. And I'm so happy to see that because of social media, of people highlighting certain restaurants within the community and just showing how hard 
the people work within those areas, like mm-hmm. finally highlighting them and 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 showing their hardships. And it just makes me so passionate about going to Chinatown. Yeah, <laughs> my and tip them generously too. Yes, don't just. I I remember my dad using um like other Chinese people would tip like a dollar. Because you're in a Chinese restaurant, you don't expect them to tip a lot, right? Because they don't expect much. But my dad, because he's been a chef his whole life, like he would always back then tip 20%, even before it was popular. Even back then, it was like 8%, 10%. He made sure that the servers know that that the job that they're doing is needed and is thanked. Yeah. Speaking of businesses, usually my last question is to describe your happy hour dream, but we talked about that in our, already in our conversation. So the last question is, where can we best find you and support your business? You can find me on our website, oaklandseacompany.com. I just launched that um, earlier this year in February after I learned how to build a website. So if it's not perfect, DM me and let me know what I can do better. And you can also find me on Oakland Co. on Instagram. And if you're in the Bay Area, my cafe is Polaris Cafe. It's located in Emeryville and it's right across the street from Amtrak. So you can't really miss it. And those are our 10 questions. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I'm going to let Peggy take a very nice, long-deserved <laughs> bath right now. But Peggy, thank, you, thank so you, much. you so much. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad that you were willing to speak to me and I was so happy that you said yes you would love to be on the podcast so it's it's been so lovely getting to know you and I I look forward to testing your kits and uh, products and I can't wait to see where this business goes DM me once you get here because I'm going to send it to you the first day Thank you for listening to this episode of Happy Hour. If you like this episode, be sure to share this podcast and give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. And leave us a review. It only takes a minute. For more Happy Hour exclusive information, follow us on Instagram at Happy Hour Pod. That's H-A-A-P-I-H-O-U-R-P-O-D. If you have potential guests you want featured on this show, send us an email at happyhourpodcast at gmail.com. H-A-A-P-I-H-O-U-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. I'm Melissa Cho. Thank you for spending happy hour with me and my guests today. And I'll see you for another round very soon. Bye.